If you're like me, you've dreamt of becoming an accomplished musician and the satisfaction it can bring you. But there's hidden traps in the path to creating a musician's dream sound placed by ill-informed tutors and some online and real-world educators. We are forced to answer hard questions like how to grow as amateur musicians using time learning our craft intelligently, or how to achieve pristine musical sound quality without sacrificing wasted dollars. Finally, those questions and more can be answered after 20 years of research, trial and error. Follow this podcast while I expose missing pieces of the musical puzzle to take you from hours of musical frustration to feeling the excitement of musical excellence. You can join the journey on musicsecretsexposed.com. I'm your host, Sylvia, and you're listening to the Music Secrets Exposed podcast. Hope you're all well and safe in these pandemic times. As I record this podcast, it is January 2021. One piece of life's puzzle that gets us all at some time or another is creating good habits, new habits, and depending on willpower to do so, whether it's in the field of music or fitness, you name it. But is depending on willpower the answer to not giving up? As a tutor, I have been in and out of homes and schools teaching my craft to many and I have observed countless students who have been so excited about the prospect of creating beautiful melodious sounds that when they can't do it, they just simply give up. Watching YouTube videos or playing around with TikTok has created this faraway greenfield syndrome, but when faced with this step-by-step process, It seems dull, grey and needless in a world of quick results at the press of a button. I have also observed those that have had good routines, an inspired work ethic that have done very well in the musical world. So how do we circumvent these issues of wanting quick results to create beautiful sounds? I'll provide you a few examples of what I have seen. One home I went into, the first thing I saw in their kitchen was this whiteboard with the timetable for the week laid out. There was five children in the family and I was tutoring three at the time. The piano was situated in the sitting room, which was beside the kitchen. And each day the children knew when they were having their meals, when their quiet time was, who was practicing the piano. And the parents had this unspoken boundary laid around the house that the children knew what was expected without being driven hard into what they were spending money on, which was piano lessons. These children understood the value of routine. Even though they had a mountain to climb at times, they knew that if they kept trying and kept trying and kept trying, they would get there. And that's exactly what happened. When they left their homeschooling situation about, I think it was about the age of seven or eight, and they eventually reached second level education, they were far outperforming their classmates. They were far ahead of their contemporaries in school. So this begs the question, what do the parents do in the home that encourage the students to perform so well? Well, obviously, having a whiteboard on the wall, and I know this isn't for everyone, but having a whiteboard on the wall, a visual reminder of 
this is what's expected without it being roared down their necks. And then the piano situated centrally in the house and everybody knowing that their time for practice was a certain period throughout the day or the week, it seemed to get good results. The next example I have is going into houses where there seems to be plenty of money and everything is provided and there is nothing wanted, not a thing. Beautiful grand piano positioned in the middle of the house like a showpiece and the daughter comes over to the piano and tries to achieve that melodious sound. But the parent is pushing and pushing and pushing and wanting results quick by the end of the year. Wanting their child to outperform everybody else. I ended up in a house one time where the child in question was just bawling, crying in front of me when the mother walked out the room. I hadn't the heart in me to even speak to the mother. I knew I'd get nowhere. So I took my leave gently and said, lovely to have met you, but I don't think this is a fit for me. The next example was of a family that I met that had no money. When the child saw my piano in my room, in my home, she started looking at the piano with interest. And now I knew the story of this family. They had a lot of, um, you know, there was a broken marriage and everything that goes along with that and trying to make ends meet. So I decided, look, if you can pull the money together to get a keyboard to get this girl started, I will provide lessons for free. The result was the girl didn't follow up with the lessons. She didn't do any practice. It was all just a novelty. And it fizzled out quite quickly. The next example was another house I went to. There was no whiteboard. The house was minimalist. The piano was positioned in the office through glass doors, through what could be seen from the kitchen, through the sitting room into the office space. The piano was a new piano, simple upright piano. There was no big drama. Everybody would communicate quietly in the house, a family of five children. But interestingly, the parents asked the child, do you want to do piano? Why do you want to do it? If you want to do it, the piano is there, but you know the expectation is, you know, you have to work at this and, you know, we're spending money in lessons and if you really want to do it, by all means, we'd love you to do it. What I noticed in the background of this particular home was music was kind of part of everyday life. They would play classical music from the internet or they would pull out the accordion and play that sometimes or... They might go to some concert sometimes. It was a very easy come, easy go. And guess what? The, the child, one out of three that I tutored there, successfully reached to advanced level. Take what you will from those examples, but obviously there isn't a one rule that fits all. Each family or each situation has their own little ingredient that works. For one, it's a whiteboard up on a wall. For someone else, it's creating this musical environment by playing classical pieces, well-known classical pieces, or going to concerts and creating this inspired uh, aura around a house. For someone else who doesn't have the money, there's no understanding that, well, you know, routine and hard work does get you to learn your new skill. And definitely the pushy parent, in my opinion, never works. 
So therefore, I've come up with this idea that environment fosters the willingness to develop habits that influence willpower. In other words, habits are stronger than willpower. Now, I'll say that again. Environment, the environment fosters the willingness to develop habits that influence willpower. In other words, habits will always be stronger than willpower. You can see in the example of the family that didn't have much money, that really showed interest in the piano, that the willpower was weak and it just fizzled out fast. Whereas the family with the whiteboard had a routine. The routine developed habits which influenced the willpower when it got weak and problematic. But the pushy parent was pushing something on a child that just didn't want to do it anyway. That actually hated piano for whatever reason. There obviously was some negative deep emotion in the student that caused this dislike or misunderstanding of what music was truly about. This is a big topic on itself and I will dig deeper into this in a future episode. There were many times when I was learning pieces by the great old masters in my own situation, such as Mozart and Beethoven, that I struggled with these niggly little details. I often could have screamed in frustration, with frustration. I could have burned the books and never pressed a piano key again. But I was not a quitter and I still don't quit. If the mountain is there to be climbed, I will climb it. But, you know, not everybody's like me. I've noticed when technology started to get going that it has changed how people look at things. But I decided to use it a simple way. I often used it to record myself. So as when I would play back my recording of my own playing, I would hear the mistakes clearly and repair them one at a time. I regularly took breaks and kept returning to the piano to try and get whatever piece I was working on mastered. Then I would go to my weekly lesson, often being told that it wasn't corrected. And I would walk out the door with tears welling up in my eyes after all the effort that I had put in during that particular week. But I still didn't give up. At the time, to be honest, music was all that I could use to express myself because I was quiet. I remember the first time I walked into my teacher's home as an advanced student for a few extra classes. Having come from a house where the piano was put into a corner and that was it, my teacher guided me down a corridor in this old house and gently opened her music door, ushering me in. There were statues of some of the old masters like Mozart and Beethoven sitting on desks and shelves. Records were laid on tables waiting to be pulled out of their sleeves to fill the room with a wealth of musical colour. Books were piled on shelves and there was the piano surrounded. It was like another world I had just stepped into. It just oozed musicality. Outside the window, flowers bloomed and moved in the wind as the sunset disappeared over the hill in the distance. It was a beautiful scene. Sometimes when I need a lift, I go over to YouTube and listen to Peter Bentz, amongst many others, Look him up. He grew up in a home where Queen was played all the time and you can see the heavy influence it has had on him. Look at his most recent videos filmed during the pandemic. The piano is positioned near glass doors looking out into a garden. Music and gardens, they seem to go together. Another great example is Andre Rio, a well-known violinist who travels with his orchestra all over the world. 
Look at what he does. He creates a world of music by the settings he creates with the use of lighting and much more besides. Now look, don't get mistaken here. I am not a classical expert. I love all sorts of music. Actually, nowadays, I actually don't really listen to classical very much at all. But this illustrates a point. The environment shapes how we think about something. For beginners, when willpower wanes, this is where help is needed. And this is where you as a parent need to step in. Or as an adult, maybe you should jam with a friend who has been in the same boat as you are. Don't isolate and expect next week's lesson to fix the issue unless it is completely baffling you. Treat lessons as the guiding light to get you further up the musical ladder and in between become part of a musical community. For the intermediate musical learner, when the light of music possibilities fades in the imagination, that is when it is time to connect with a musical community, or if you can't do that, put a pair of headphones on and choose music that raises your vibration. Now look, there's a whole scientific study surrounding vibration and what it does to the body and emotional state, a topic which I will delve into in a future episode. The next thing I want you to think about is your health. Are you eating and drinking appropriately and getting enough of exercise and rest as this plays a huge role in brain activity? So I have brought it all down into three basic guidelines that I think anybody can understand. When your willpower is waning and you're trying to develop good habits, don't isolate yourself. There's nothing worse than being locked away in a dark corner trying to break through some challenge. The next thing is to create a beautiful, well-lit musical space that oozes what you ultimately want to feel when you get your dream sound to become a reality. And finally, if you are a parent of a child, sit with them and be part of their musical journey regularly and inspire them by showing what is possible by playing music, having fun times with them, raise the vibration, bring the musical space to life you have created into the living space if possible. And please remember, environment fosters the willingness to develop habits that influence willpower. In other words, habits are always stronger than willpower ever will be. Many have come up to me and asked, Sylvia, let me ask you a question. I've started learning music, but I am stuck. I can't get the sound I dream of. I've spent time and a lot of cash. I'm so frustrated. Or a parent has often asked me, I have a child who is not getting the results that we expected. I've invested a lot of dollars in music tutors and musical equipment. I'm so unsure. What can I do? Sign up for a free webinar at musicsecretsexposed.com where I'll walk you through what you can do to get you or your child on the best musical path right away. My greatest joy is to save you heartache and frustration and replace it with the best musical version of you. Don't delay, capacity is limited. Open a tab and let's get you started at musicsecretsexposed.com.